friend, you're so blessed to be a mother. You have an amazing gift in your family. Yet, you may feel like you have lost yourself. You feel alone, unfulfilled, busy catering to the demands and needs of your family, having no time to invest in yourself or to lean in to being the person you hunger to become. It's time to accept our reality, stop the mom guilt, and thrive in our everyday present. Mom, I'm here to remind you that you matter. You are a masterpiece. Your feelings, desires, unspoken needs, and all of you has a purpose. The story of a life that you are creating and living right now is irreplaceable. I'm here to walk with you and to cheer you on. It's my privilege to welcome you here to have a conversation about how we as moms can learn, grow, be nurtured, improve our mindsets, and apply the practical and life-changing strategies to make our life a little less hectic and a lot happier. I want to empower mothers to create a new standard, a standard of feeling beautiful, living well, showing up as their best self, and setting up a good example for our kids who will learn far more from what we do than what we say. In these podcasts, I will be chatting with other moms who will be sharing about their motherhood journey, how they are making themselves whole, pursuing their dreams while thriving as a mom. This is a safe place. Without any judgments, shaming, and discrimination, everyone is welcome here. We are on this journey together, girlfriend. I want to encourage you to let's rediscover our true self, reclaim our time, our energy, and care for ourselves to be the woman we want to be, and most of all, thrive. So let's rise up and show up as a better version of ourselves. I am Jennifer James, your wellness coach on the Holy Mom Chat. Before we get into the interview with my special guest today, I wanted to take a moment to let you know about my coaching services. My mission here at Holy Mom is to empower women to find and nurture their true self through the transformation of mind, body, and spirit. You can hit the reset button of your life. You can take charge. You can break free out of the I don't have time for myself cycle and be what you are called to be. With my coaching clients, I focus on their individual needs to understand their specific situation. Then together we create a personalized plan to help you meet your goals. These sessions can take place in person or virtually. So shoot me an email at info at holymom.com that's w-h-o-l-y-m-o-m.com and let's book your first discovery call today now here's the interview with my special guest hello everybody welcome to the holy mom chad podcast today on the show i'm so excited to bring on chef ty i met her through the bob's babe network here in richmond but the more i get to meet with her and get to know about her the more i find out she's just so amazing inspirational and so talented so chef ty please introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself so my name is tanella hall but I go by Chef Ty for now. I am originally from West Philadelphia, but I rarely say it because of Will Smith and the whole song. So I often say um, I'm from the bottom, which kind of is a part of my story. But I am definitely from the bottom of West Philadelphia, which is anything below 39th and Lancaster Avenue. Okay. And uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because I thought that we'll name the show Bottom of the Pot with Chef Ty. So tell me a little bit more about what is the significance of the title with your personal journey from rising from the bottom of the pot to where you are right now? So a lot of the things that I do, I do a play on words. So I actually have a cooking segment that I do that's called From the Bottom of the Pot. And the reason why is if you're cooking, 
any type of food, you know that the flavor develops at the bottom and you kind of scrape it up to mix it in with the liquid to make your food taste better. Mm-hmm. And it's the same story of my life. I started in the bottom of a neighborhood called what or the bottom of West Philadelphia. And if you know anything about my neighborhood, which you can look up on cold case, you can look up on first 48, even to this day, which is, is kind of disheartening. But we come from a place where there's a lot of violence. So for you to be able to pull yourself up and get yourself out of the bottom says a lot about who you are. And it also lets you know that if you look back on it for a few minutes, you can get through anything. Yes. And you have been through so much in your life and you talk about it so casually, (laughs) but because you are on the other side now, and I know that you have a growth mindset and you still believe that there's more to get from life and do in life. So share with those who don't know anything about your story from what you have gone through, some of your struggles and how did you overcome them? So for me, one of the reasons why I left, I was... 16 years old, I graduated high school very early. It was right before my 17th birthday and I was physically assaulted. So if you don't understand, I'll put it in layman's terms, I was raped. And it wasn't just once, but the first time I was raped, I ended up carrying my oldest child. And if you know anything about a black family, my grandmother, my great grandmother, my grandfather and my neighborhood raised me. So there was no, you're going to put this baby up for adoption. There was no, you're going to get rid of. It was basically, I was going to be there. He was either going to be my son or he was going to be like my brother or my cousin. And the weight of that and being a teenager, I cracked, right? Because that's a lot of pressure on somebody. Mm -hmm. But I went in the military. I joined at 17 years old. I turned 18 in basic training. And for anyone who's wondering, like, no, you have to be 18. No, you don't. If you have a parent that's willing to sign you over. So my mom signed me up and I left. Mm-hmm. I left and I left my son behind. I left everything that I knew behind to start over. Mm-hmm. Because had I not, I would have been a victim. And I would have had a victim mentality for the rest of my life. I knew mm-hmm. enough to know that I had to get out. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Then being in the military, I ran into this guy and um, he saw all of my pieces mm-hmm. and like a skilled, I don't even know, craftsman. He put my pieces together and February the 12th, we will be together 25 years. Oh. So it's one of those, I knew enough. And then I had someone, as our, our ancestors would say, I had someone praying on my behalf that I would find someone to love me. And not only did he love me, but he loved everything, even my, my broken pieces. And he adopted my son. And we have been a family ever since, right? So there's been no gaps in that. Then career-wise, I was a nurse mm-hmm. who, after my grandmother passed away in 20. 10, last 11 years, 12 years. So when my grandmother passed away, she told me right before she passed that she was proud of me. And the thing about that, what was so significant about it is we want our parents' approval in our life. We want for them to say, hey, I'm proud of you or good job. And depending on your background, it means even more, right? To, for them to physically say, and you hear it, that they're proud of you. So when she said that, I kind of, I was okay for a moment. And then I went back to school 
to become a chef, right? I could cook. Cooking, I've said before in other things that cooking saved my life. It pulled me out, pulled me out of my depression because along with the fact that I was raped, I had other children. So I have a girl and a boy. Besides that, I apologize, y'all. I itch it, and this is real life. Okay. My daughter was a twin in which one of her sibling was, I didn't, I wasn't able to carry her. So I was put on bed rest. And instead of having two, I had one, but God knew best. I didn't see it at the time because when she was born, postpartum hit me very hard, mm. very hard. Because as a mother, I knew I was supposed to have two children. Mm-hmm. And I only had one. Mm-hmm. And that was a test in my, my marriage because my husband was like, do you not hear our baby crying? Do you not? Are you okay? And I wasn't. And that's something that now this generation, I'm glad, understands what postpartum is. But for us, we didn't know what it was. You're supposed to be happy that you have children. You're supposed yeah. to be happy and, and go about life and it, it's not supposed to affect you. And yet it was affecting me badly, badly. On top, my oldest child is autistic. So you have a son who's nonverbal. You just gave birth to a, a little girl who you were supposed to have twins. And then you look down and even my daughter had a congenital birth defect, right? So she is blind in one eye and she has accommodating vision. So it was like, God, how much are you going to put on me? Mm-hmm. I am now 19. I would have had three children, right? It was enough to discourage anybody. And this is, this is something that I've told before, but my husband's faith, like watching him maneuver, watching him just call on God the way he did was something I was not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've not seen, even on television, for us, you know, because a lot of times we look to television and that's what we model our life behind. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a man on TV that prayed, like, over. My husband would pray over us. I've watched him get on his knees in a closet and pray. And my young-mindedness was like, what is you doing? Mm-hmm the heck is going on not knowing that i needed to be on my knees praying to yeah and this is something in my younger years that i can look back at now and be like wow i not only did i have a praying grandmother but i had a praying husband and one who has and will and still has supernatural faith those are some of like my little bits and pieces so you went through physical assault you went to the army then you dealt with your Nana's death, who played a pivotal role in your life, and then dealing with postpartum with the loss of your other child. So while you're just 18, wow, that's a lot to go through and then cope with. So what were some of the things that helped you get through the struggles? Like I know you mentioned your husband's prayers, your his support. Having that creative outlet and being able to take and transform something else. And honestly, what, what it was is when it was me and him going out to eat, right? It 20 bucks, 30 bucks, no problem. But as your family grows, the price grow and it was getting pricey. So I was like, oh, I got to go back in the kitchen. A lot of people don't know, but I used to do a lot of spoken word and I used to write a lot. So writing my thoughts out and getting them off of me 
was one of my biggest outlets. I didn't really do a whole lot of going out. That wasn't big into what was my thing because of unrealistic childhood trauma that I, I had not addressed. So being around females was hard for me in a, in a setting where it had to be, oh, my girlfriends. So I'm 41 and I have no childhood girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I have nobody that I can go back and say that me and her were friends or we've been friends since middle school or mm-hmm. anything because I've always pushed them away. And it's never, it's it's not because of jealousy. It's because until I went to counseling, because that's the other thing, counseling pulled me through. I realized that how I got raped was I went to a party with a group of friends that I thought were my friends. Yeah. And I was left. And then that's how the whole situation unfolded. So as a result, I never realized in my adult lifetime that I literally, when we start to get really close, I don't necessarily push you away, but I just stop. I I will stop communication if I think you're getting too close over my adult life. I've had four females who see it and they be like, girl, if you don't answer this phone, care about you. We still going out. We still friends. And I'm like, okay, but I needed that. And it was something that until I, I was able to recognize it, I didn't realize I was pushing people out of my life. Mm-hmm. So taking charge of the childhood trauma that you experienced and actually taking steps towards your own healing journey and recognizing those triggers when they come up, right? That has been helpful to pull you through. So in terms of right now, where are you now? Uh, how do you take care of yourself now? So I do um, five days. And during a pandemic, it got kind of tricky because, you know, you can't go outside. So I have a foot tub. I take at least an hour to myself, not every day, but at least twice a week and just sit there and force myself to shut my brain off and to relax, which for me is hard to do because I'm constantly thinking of stuff to the point where daytime is not my friend, right? So like being up with the sun is something that, I know I have to do because I'm a business owner, but I'm a night person. So like I wake up at 10, 11 o'clock at night and I'm good to be up till five, six o'clock in the morning. And my poor husband be like, if you don't shut your brain off and go to bed. So I've learned to have quiet moments to put things aside so that I can do that. And then being in boss babes um, has helped because People like you and Leah have pulled me out and shown me like, it's okay to spend a little money on yourself and it's okay to have a girlfriend or two and go out for tea, meet up for dinner, talk. So these are newer things that I'm getting used to, but I really love them. I really like, I get excited about them now. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That that shows you're healing in a full circle, right? Where how it started and you went through counseling and just recognizing those triggers, but now you're open and welcoming that and recognizing your triggers and you're actually enjoying it. Yay. <laughs> so proud of you. And of course, you love to cook, right? So that's another avenue that you explore. So uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, the Hooks Lunchbox. How did that come into being? Because I thought that story was so inspirational. So my the food truck wow we um we got it october of 2020 ready 
All right. So we got it in the middle of the pandemic. Someone tagged me in a post on Facebook and was like, oh my gosh, she's selling her food truck. I called her and she was like, yes, I'm selling it. I want $25,000 because I believe in telling the truth and I believe in you knowing numbers because numbers matter. So she won $25,000 for it. Now, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're at month nine in the pandemic. Ain't nobody had no job. I'm a caterer. So my business really took a hit. Okay. Cause there was nobody because you couldn't gather. So I'm like, all right, I have a, I have a few, you know, a couple dollars, but I don't have 25,000. And I told my mm-hmm. husband about it and we talked in the midst of us talking. Someone came to her with a check for the full amount. Right. Mm-hmm. But I had put out there on Facebook. I was like, Hey, if it's for me, it's going to be for me. I just need y'all to pray. I want this food truck. And apparently, because she's in Boss Babes, she saw the outpouring of love and she saw what people had to say about us getting that food truck. She called us back and she was like, well, how much can you put down? I told her I'd be able to put down $10,000. And then I was like, you know what? I'll give you eight because if there's anything wrong, I want to have some kind of cushion to be able to get it fixed. And sure enough, she took my $8,000 in a payment plan versus someone who came to her with all of the money. So that right there lets you know that if something is for you, don't be discouraged by what numbers may say, but continue to go after it because it worked for us. Mm-hmm. Then the name of it is from my father-in-law. So my father-in-law's name was Reginald, just like my husband, but he was called, his nickname was Hooks. Okay. The lunchbox concept came from dad always carried some kind of a lunchbox or a bag or something. He never bought lunch at work. He always prepared it and took it. And he would have, it could be a meatball sandwich one day, or it could be filet mignon and like sweet potato casserole and green beans from the night before. Like you just never knew what was going to be in a lunchbox. Mm -hmm. And what some people know, but most don't is that I prefer to cook Indian inspired dishes Mm -hmm. because I like Indian spices. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the triangle trade that we learned about in in middle school and high school again, uh, that's the trade line in which the spices came to the Americas. Mm -hmm. You had to go that way. So it kind of gives me a way to say that I'm giving back to my ancestors by paying honor to where they had to travel to in Mm -hmm. order for these spices to finally make it to the Americas. Yeah. But also just the way that those spices affect our internal, because we have to learn how to eat to live and not just eat. Right. There's healing in the food that we eat. Right. It can heal our body. Definitely. And our bodies are filters. Right. We're, we're, we have a talking mechanism that we can talk and speak through. But for the most part, each filter feeds off of the other one. And the way that the cumin and the coriander and the ginger and the turmeric actually affects your bloodstream and your cholesterol, if done in the right way, even if you were to add a little bit more butter to it, it's still healthier than the food that we are deep frying and that we are over salting when you can just use fresh herbs to achieve the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my niche, being able to cook to heal because in doing it, it's also helping to heal me. Yes. And that's a nurse speaking in you too, because you want to serve others eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and that's the, that's the biggest thing like that people get confused when they see a chef, right? Because by far, I could be called a celebrity chef because of the people I've cooked for that I continue to cook for. But does it really matter? Like, we're servants. Chefs are servants. We are the ones who go in and do the work and serve you food and then wash the dishes and put the dishes away. So we are a servant-based business. And that's, again, it's so biblical, right? Because you have to be of service in order to go into the gates. I was a servant when I became a a soldier Mm because I served this country. I was a servant when my career choice was a nurse because I was serving our sick. And now I'm choosing to be a servant again through being a chef and giving you food to keep you from going to see the doctor. Mm -hmm. It works. Yes. It brings to my mind the servant leadership model. So um, I did a course in leadership and then that is actually one model, which is also a secular model. That's basically, you know, it stays the same thing. Your heart needs to be to serve the people. So even though you can be a leader, but if your heart is not in the right place, you cannot be an effective leader. But I like how it also symbolizes how Jesus was also a servant leader too, right? So even though it it does have biblical connotations to it, but it's also a secular model that's being utilized uh, to study leadership. It's one of those things, like as much as the public wants to take God or the Jesus model out of everything, it's in everything. Yes. (laughs) Regardless of what you try to take out of it, it's in everything and needs to be. Yeah, because so people who believe in God or Jesus, that they are doing it as in doing everything for God, right? But people who don't believe in God, they do it, okay, for the goodness of mankind. But either way you do it, your heart needs to be in the right place is to serve other people. So I love that, that uh, you have that passion to serve others. So I usually like to wrap up my podcast with the question, what are the three pieces of wisdom that you would like to share with my listeners? The first one is to do it afraid. Everything that you want is on the other side of your fear. And every time I say it out my mouth, it encourages me to continue to go, even though I still have fears. Mm -hmm. Find a person who is in the same field as you that doesn't mind coaching you because there's growth in numbers, but you do better when you have someone to bounce off of than thinking you know it all by yourself. So like an accountability partner. To an accountability partner. Um, and three, keep God first. Like three and one can kind of interchange, but depending, if you keep God first, everything follows. Everything follows. Something that I am still learning, something that you should never stop learning. Um, but doing it afraid and keeping him first, they definitely go hand in hand because if you go by the model of having mustard seed faith. Mm -hmm. You take the first step and he'll guide you through. Mm -hmm. So again, go past your fears, keep God first. But depending, if you keep God first, everything follows. Everything Mm -hmm. follows. Something that I am still learning, something that you should never stop learning. Doing it afraid and keeping him first they definitely go hand in hand because if you go by the model of having mustard seed faith, mm-hmm. you take the first step and he'll guide you through. Mm-hmm. So again, go past your fears, keep God first and find someone who is willing to hold you accountable to the things you say you're going to do. 
those are my words. Those are awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and your story. Being transparent and authentic, I really appreciate it. For those who want to follow Ty along, I'm going to be including her website, her social media links in my show notes. So make sure you check them out and follow her. And if you're ever in the area of wherever she might be serving lunch or the lunchbox, wherever she's catering, go check her out because her food is delicious. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. I would so appreciate if you can share this podcast with other moms or moms-to-be. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my podcast on iTunes and leave a review. You know what? It would be fun if you can take a screenshot when you're listening to my podcast and tag me at Holy Mom. That's W-H-O-L-Y-M-O-M. So my lovelies, I would like to encourage you. Let's rise up and show up as a better version of ourselves. Because let's face it. Nobody is better at being you than you. So let's do this. This is Jennifer James from the Holy Mom Chat.